What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Hello Rookie Show. I'm your host, Chris Lawless. In today's show, we're talking DraftKings college football week one Thursday night. Uh, sa- uh, the Saturday slate, we'll cover it in tomorrow's podcast, but today we're talking about the Thursday slate. I just finished the article for the website. If you guys haven't been to the website, it's what we've been doing um, while, I guess, we've been silent on YouTube and in the podcast the past two weeks. Um so check it out. Uh, we've got all our week one picks for DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, um, college football. Thursday slate is coming or is already published on the site. Saturday is going to publish tomorrow afternoon. Um, we're going to set our draft uh, player rankings for week one sometime this weekend as well. So a um, ton of stuff there for you guys. Uh, all right. So Thursday night, um, loaded slate. We've got UCLA, Cincy, Georgia Tech, Clemson. FIU, Tulsa, or Tulane, sorry, Texas State, Texas A&M, Kent State, Arizona State, Utah, BYU. Uh, I'm not going to get too in-depth with uh, some of the analysis that I did for our picks. I just want to go through them really quickly and give some general thoughts on the players. Um, overall, I think the slate is going to be all about the running backs. Uh, really, really love the big-name running backs in this slate, um, particularly, and we'll move over to the DraftKings site, actually, for this. Um I'm particularly interested in Eno Benjamin, uh, Michael Warren from Cincinnati, and uh, I'm going to screw this name up massively. I guess it's Jashawn Corbin, um, Texas A&M, who takes over for Travion Williams. Um, Those are the big three for me. I'm going to have them in most of my lineups. I'm using Corbin in the flex here. Um, I've got some value receivers that I'm targeting. I don't really trust the passing game in most of these matchups. Um, I think Clemson's going to, you know, Dabo tends to pull his starters and and let his backups get a ton of work in games like these. Uh, FIU Tulane is kind of the exception. I think both of those passing uh, games are ready to take another step forward this season. Um, Tulane's secondary gave up 260 passing yards per game last season. They lost two all-conference players, so I think they're going to take a step back. Um, as in terms of their pass defense and obviously, um, FIU returns, uh, a decent passing game. One of the best they've had in a while. Um, Texas A&M is going to run, uh, Texas state out of the, out of the building. Um, I think looking at Corbin, if you look at what, uh, Jimbo Fisher did with, with Travion Williams in their opener last season, 240 yards and three touchdowns, I think Fisher is going to let Corbin run the score up, um, let, let Mon get comfortable, make a few throws, but not, I guess, put him in danger of taking a cheap injury. It'll be a lot of, a lot of Corbin in week one, um, really high on him. Uh, Arizona state has the, the weakest matchup with Kent state. Kent state was in the bottom 20 and, you know, just about every defensive statistical category there was, they were also one of the worst time of possession teams. Um, they're the only team in the slate that has a I shouldn't say that actually no team in this slate has a run pass percentage that favors the pass. All these teams are, are run heavy, all, you know, 12 of them actually. Um, so Kent States was actually the highest at, I think, 49 and a half percent pass. So still slightly um, leaning towards the run, but they struggle with time of possession. They struggle on defense, you know, going to Arizona State. This is it's going to be ugly in a hurry. The only thing, the only reason I'm I really love Eno Benjamin is you know new quarterback in Arizona State and Herm Edwards obviously um, is going to be cognizant of the fact that Eno Benjamin has 
you know, if they can make a run this year, he has some sort of potential in as far as a Heisman goes. So I think he's going to let him get his. And and frankly, I don't know how Arizona State hits their uh, implied total, which um, I think is forty five. No, but it's forty three. So I don't I don't know how Arizona State gets to forty three points without Eno having at least three touchdowns in this game. Um, so I, I, he's our number one overall player. I actually have Corbin as the number two overall player for this slate, and then. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of been between, you know, whether I should rank Warren ahead of Kelly or not. I like both of those guys. Um, the matchup's a little more favorable to Warren or in, in, you know, looking back to last year, he put up 41 fantasy points in the same game. Uh, what was actually a road opener for him, um, in UCLA. So I think Kelly, um, is clearly the better player. I'm just, prefer the matchup for Warren, even though I believe the Bearcats are replacing three starters on the offensive line. But again, you look at time of possession and things like that. Warren's going to have more opportunities than Kelly. And if um, Cincinnati scores a bunch of points, which I think they will, there's a chance that UCLA may have to play from behind in this game. Um, I certainly think it's it's more likely that UCLA on the road is going to be playing from behind than, than Cincy at home. Uh, so I, I, that's the reason I lean towards Warren here. As far as that quarterback position, we just kind of mentioned it. Um, I think Cincinnati is going to put up a bunch of points. Uh, Ritter is a guy that I'm looking at. Uh, if you look at his season last year after the UCLA game, he really turned it on. I think he had um, seven 25-plus point games from then out. Um, that number is actually in the article here. So um, yeah, so he went over 20 in eight of his next 11 games, and he had seven games of over 26 fantasy points. He's a guy that can run it and throw it. They got a lot. They, I think they returned nine starters on offense, so loaded group of weapons around him. He's going to have a big game against UCLA. And then uh, I already mentioned the FIU-Tulane game. Um, well, I think that uh, looking at James Morgan, who set a, a bunch of records for FIU last season, and I think Tulane's secondary is going to take a step back. Um, I'm still just more, you know, more into Justin McMillan in this Tulane offense. They brought in an offensive coordinator from Memphis at the end of last season. I think right before their bowl game, they fired their OC, uh, brought in the guy from Memphis, and he's looking to um, make it a more. It was it was the the offense was really run heavy last season. He wants to make it a more balanced offense this year. McMillan's a guy that. Transferred in from LSU. He had to split the time last year. Still managed to average over 16 DraftKings points per game. You can do it running or throwing. Really good receivers here for Tulane, uh, especially when they're playing a Conference USA opponent like FIU. Uh, the combination of Mooney and McCleskey. McCleskey coming in from Oklahoma State. And Mooney, of course, um, one of the the more high, you know, a little bit matchup dependent last year, but a super high ceiling in games where, where he had, you, know, you see, 135 and 1, 217 and 2. 123 and two, 111 and one big play receiver. Um, you know, I think his production, I, I think last year he, he could potentially hit those numbers again, just cause the offense is going to be a little more pass friendly, but I think McCleskey is going to eat into his targets a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, as good as, uh, McMillan is, he's still not the most accurate quarterback. Um, so, you know, I, I think both guys are, are, solid fantasy options, but they're going to be a little bit matchup dependent. Anyways, I I like McMillan. I think um, I wrote in the article that I think that if you're looking at Morgan as a super flex play, I think he's certainly good there. And, you know, as far as the quarterbacks in the slate go, um, I really only like those three. I only feel really good about those three. The other guys I think are um, 
a little too unpredictable in terms of the matchup and, and how the game flows are going to go here. So um, those are the two quarterbacks I'm high on. Morgan would be my third option there. Um, looking at receiver, we went super cheap. So the problem with Clemson is you don't know who's going to put up the – who's going to – you know, Ross and Higgins are both capable of putting up, you know, big plays, big games. Um, the issue is that ETN's also going to get some uh, – Put, put up some stats. You're going to have other receivers that contribute there. You're going to have um, the backups do a lot of the a lot of the heavy lifting here as well. You don't know how early they'll pull the starters for Clemson. So I don't think you can pay, especially these price tags, I don't think you can pay up that much. Same thing with A&M. Like I mentioned earlier, I think they're going to be run heavy in this in this game. They might as well. Um, they'll, they'll let Mond throw it a little bit. Uh, it's certainly not enough for either Davis or Osborne to reach value at their current salaries. Um Williams is a guy I'm high on, you know, again, new, new quarterback in Arizona state. And I think it's going to be a lot of, Eno Benjamin here in week one. Uh, so anyways, just as we work down, we just kind of, you know, look, looking at the fact that we have $5,000 per slot left. And I know that I want to pay up at the super flex position, either for a third quarterback or one of these other running backs, whether it be Zach Moss or, or one of the other high end running backs in the slate. Um, I just went super cheap at receiver. I feel, I feel good about our targets. Austin Maloney is one of them for FIU. We just talked about the FIU passing game. The fact that Tulane lost two key players in the secondary last year, a secondary that gave up over 260 passing yards per game and an offense that's going to be less dependent on the run game heading into this season. So, a, you know, a potential that their time of possession numbers could come back a little bit from where they were last year. Um, so I like Maloney. He was actually for, for a guy that averaged over 20 yards per reception last year. He was fairly consistent. He had two games, I think under six, his last game here, 4.8 against Toledo and then 5.7 against UMass. Um, but other than that, he was nine and above. Um, and, and, you know, given he averaged over 20 yards per, per reception, obviously has big playability. And if he hits a home run here and what could be, I think that the Tulane FIU game could turn into a bit of a shootout. You know, if he hits a home run ball there, he's certainly going to hit value. Um, and then moving down, we've got the tight end from BYU. Um, I believe he's priced at 4,400 right here, Matt Bushman. So Bushman um, had, a, had a down year compared to his freshman year. Uh, his freshman year, he was much better than he was last season, even though they got really good quarterback play over the second half of the season. His, his game, his best game didn't come until the last game of the season against Utah, he put up five ninety six and one, I believe, in that game. Um, or sorry, six ninety two and one um, in that game. As a freshman, he had six catches for fifty yards, so he's been really productive in this matchup. Clearly, BYU likes to use the tight ends here. Um, Utah's got some great corners. Uh, I can't remember the the name of their their that one of their corners may be the best in the nation. Um, so great, great on the outside. Clearly, they'll want to use Bushman as a as a as a mismatch on the inside, I think that he'll get a bunch of targets in this game. And I, I think BYU could struggle to, to slow down Utah's offense. Um, and we know this game was a shootout last year. I know both of these defenses are really good. They return a lot of pieces. It, you know, it could be a tight game, a low-scoring game. Um, it may, you know, the game may open up a little bit in the second half if Utah is able to put together a double-digit lead here. But um, I think whatever the game flow, however it works out, I think, you know, Bushman's going to play a big role in the passing game. I don't think that BYU has any sort of advantage on the outside with their receivers who are banged up, by the way, if you, if we pull up, um, the BYU receivers, you'll see they're, they're a lot of their top guys are banged up or out. 
Um, Bushman's list is questionable. <clears throat> Sorry, questionable, but he's fine. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, given the fact that you know we've got some injuries, I think Shumway's playing as well. Kefo's going to start on the other on the opposite him. Um, I just think Bushman is going to be targeted a ton in this matchup. Forty four hundred is a good price, um, good value here. And then our final receiver is Deontay Overton, who will be basically um, starting in the slot for um, Clemson. Um, as you know, you know Hunter, Hunter Renfro plays for the. Raiders now, and you've got um, Amari Rogers. I'm, I'm not sure what. I think it's a knee injury, something like that. He's going to miss around the first month, something like that. So Overton's a guy that you know the the Clemson OCs raved about. That you know putting him in the slot at six foot five causes all sorts of matchup problems. Um, I think there's a chance that he scores here. Um, even if he doesn't, he doesn't need a ton of targets to reach value. I think he's got 30 career receptions and four of them are touchdowns. So some big play upside, certainly in this Clemson offense, but just getting out there with Trevor Lawrence for, or yeah, with Lawrence for however long he's on the field. Um, and, and knowing, you know, what sort of attention um, those guys on the outside are going to get. I think that he's going to have favorable matchups and could make a couple big plays in this game and is kind of a sleeper at 3,400. Um, given the team total, how high Lawrence's price is, how good the matchup is, um, Georgia Tech's going to be a mess this year moving from the triple option. Um, that's a given. And the fact that they have to play Clemson week one really isn't fair. It's going to be, this is going to be, get ugly in a hurry. So um as far as you know getting a share of that clemson passing game there you know with justin ross and t higgins being priced the way they are i think that overton's the only option as the third starter here so um and then looking in the in the super flex you know we've left room for uh you know our second quarterback ritter you could do that if you wanted to you could you could um use moss you could you know upgrade one of these receivers if you wanted to and grab one of those quarterbacks, whether it's, you know, Thomas Thompson Robinson from UCLA or um, uh, the FIU quarterback, Morgan. Um, so plenty of options there, but that's who we are on for tonight. I think we did it in less than 20 minutes. Might be the first time ever, a new record. So if you haven't already, subscribe. Uh, check us out at hellorookie.com. Like I said, Saturday slate will be much more in-depth. We'll have Joe and I both on here. We'll talk about the lines a little more. Um, we'll get into some of the statistics, some of the tools we use when we build these. Um, so, yeah, check us out. Subscribe. Thanks for watching.